back to couple with everybody. So we're coming off a pretty fucking spicy weekend, and uh, to break down this this weekend's fight card, I got my boy Griff here, dude. What's going on? How we doing, Wooch? Still buzzing from that weekend of fights. Not gonna lie, there was a lot of controversy, but still, I'd say the prelims was where it's at. I mean, for anyone who misses the prelims, you know what I mean. Get better, get better. That's where some of the real, like some of the best fights happen. I think. Yeah, well, you know when you got Dominic Cruz headlining the prelims, you know what's up. Yeah, my boy. Turned in a good performance too. But uh, what, any, I mean, like, what do you think overall? Like, this was the card of all cards. We were comparing it, I'd say, to, you know, UFC 217. I don't think it kind of lived up to that in the end, not because of the, not necessarily the fights. I just think the results. Like, I think 217 just knocked out of the park because every result... You know, and there's a bunch of other cards as well, like that are, go down in history as the best of all time. But this one could have yeah. been. This I'd one was good, but I mean, like you been, go back but... to 217, the three title fights that were on 217. Every result yeah. was kind of the result you wanted. You know, you saw Garbrandt kind of get. Yeah, and get a finish. Get and a serve, a, a humble pie. Yep. You saw Njacek. So did Joanna. And you saw Bisping get some humble pie. We love Bisping, though. Yeah, true. Everyone who talks shit in that whole card and like that whole entire was, build up, the three title fights all sort of ate shit in the end. That so. was the talk shit, get hit card. Yeah, and absolutely. Was, this one was sort of that, I'd say. Like it's, as I said, it had potential. Um, I think overall from the early prelims up until the end of the prelims, it was like, oh shit, like we're in for that. It's going to be that kind of source you know what i mean we're going to be serving up the the super hot sauce and then by the time the main course comes out i mean starts off with my boy rakic and santos and from there on it just kind of went downhill unfortunately yeah the main event wasn't was a bit lackluster i mean the we'll get to the rakic and the the santos fight we'll start the early prelims though because it kind of it did start off with a bit of heartbreak with jake matthews losing our very own yeah, um, look, it wasn't a good night for the Anzacs. Outside of your boy Kai Kara France, it was, it was a bit, it was, it, it was a bit hurtful. I mean, the same thing happened. I can't think. It was a fight night card. You remember when like Shogun beat uh, Tyson, uh, it Tyson something, Pedro, no, Tyson Pedro, and there was like Bam Bam to Avassa lost his fight to Junior, and then like I can't remember. There was a one card where they stacked all the Kiwis and Aussies on it as well, and they all lost. Yeah. Um. This was almost the case. Outside of Kai, I think all of them, yeah, took an L. But, I mean, we'll start from the bottom. I mean, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed these cards regardless, man. Like, as we've said, like, going through COVID, everyone's sort of in and out of work. Um, the, the fights have been what's keeping, it, you know, keeping the lights on, I think, for all of us as fans, for us, for podcasting, for especially, like, COVID has been time to thrive, I guess, for um content wise especially from coming from the ufc and they really tried you know what i mean they can't yeah they can't always garner the results they want but they can put together the best card they possibly can and you know hope so hey, this was uh, if any card's going to deliver on paper by chance yeah. it was going to be this one and i mean it's yeah. not to say that it didn't like it was still and also shit, but look there was only a couple of discrepancies outside. I think there was what one weight miss. All the fights happened. There was no last minute changes. No scumbag Askroff, dude. Yeah, yeah. We'll get back to that. All right, we'll we'll kick it off. We'll kick it off. Uh, I know you missed the early limbs. I was up at that cracker, absolute cracker dawn. You know what I mean? I'm here in the up in the upper beak. I hear the pterodactyls fucking clock and having a good old yak in the trees. So you well and truly, 
you know, wake up pretty quick up here. You remember, you remember what it's like up here. It's a fucking, I know pterodactyls, skull island up here. Yeah. I know. They're like fucking little moths up here. I like to think I did my bit for the keeping the ecosystem down as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. They, 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 you raise different out here in upper beak, you know what I mean? Up in the, up in these filthy treacherous hills. Um, Mario Batista, Trevin Jones. I think Mario, uh, I think it's Bautista, but I'm just going to say Batista. I don't, Bautista. It, it's a little, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Crazy, crazy explosive fight. Straight away. Bantamweight is so juicy, man. Like there are so many crazy athletic prospects. It's the weight class that has just more talent outside of the top 10 than any other division. And meanwhile, the top 10 has like eight former champions in it or current champions no at the shit. moment. So is it the it, most juicy, you think? Out of lightweight and fucking uh, featherweight. And welterweight. I mean, that whole run from uh, from bantamweight through to welterweight, it's just, yeah, the talent that's coming through, not just even the UFC, all organizations through those weight classes is just outstanding. And this is a perfect way to start off the card, man. It's just, Bautista has one loss. I'm going to say Batista. I don't like Bautista at all. Um, Batista Bomb's got one loss. He's coming in as a pretty heavy favorite. Trevin Jones, um, you know, if you... Good wins, but also like a fair few losses. I can see why he would have been the underdog going in. But man, these two went went at it. Like that's yeah. the way you want to kick off this card. Like sometimes you get put in these spots and you know what I mean? Like you're the person, you're the fight that has to kick off the card. And that's, I know it's not, it's probably the least viewed fight across the board, obviously, if you're the first fight on the card. But I mean, you still have an obligation, I would say, like to really you know, show that this card's going to be something. And I mean, these two boys delivered. The first round was outrageous. They could have got a bonus just on that. If, I mean, if they gave out a bonus for just round of the night, there's a few fights on here that had outstanding rounds. But I mean, th- the first round of this was crazy. Two dudes just swinging at each other. Mm. Um, I can't make the most technical breakdown of it because there was just so much happening. I'm not going to lie. I get scared because I know I'm around about a bantamweight size in terms of like weight wise. I'm probably just a little bit bigger than a bantamweight. If yeah. I would, you know, if I'm, if I'm cutting weight and if I was actually fighting and just to see how explosive and how powerful these two are. Uh, and yeah, so Trevin Jones wins with a, f- a, th- a fucking uppercut or something like that. He wins with an uppercut. He just one punched him, knockout, uppercut. The camera angle actually on like, from the board broadcast, you can't even see what hit him. Like you just see Bautista throw a fucking overhand and then he just dies. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just wait then. I'm sure he got hit with something. Could have been a knee, could have been anything. And just, yeah, until you actually get the replay, you actually see what clipped him, but it was pretty impressive, man. Trevor yeah. Jones. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I, yeah, I, I missed the, the early prelims. We know this, but I did do yeah. my due diligence as I should. And I watched like the highlights from the early prelims after yeah, it looked like early prelims were just all a highlight, basically. It looked like Batista did his uh, did work and was actually probably winning the fight until that moment as well. Yeah, my boy with the mullet too. I mean, what can you do, man? Sometimes people just have like lights out power or you just zig when you're supposed to zag. So um, I don't had a think good game either... plan and it was working for him. So yeah, I don't think either guy really lost anything there. Well, gained or lost i mean trevin jones gets a highlight real knockout but i don't think batista's gonna really suffer from this like it's not a career altering finish i don't think it was i mean it's a knockout but still I, I think he'll recover um all right so this one i was super excited for because udos medic was the main event of the first um dana white cont- uh, contender series of this uh of uh 2020 it was the season eight 
season eight. So yeah, but so he was season like, eight, season four. Sorry, season four. I think. Four, I think. Yeah, four, yeah. Sound, that sounds more. That sounds season like four. it. And so Medic was like the main event headliner of that first card that he did for Contender Series. And to me, he was the most impressive out of that whole season. Yeah, that, I like, agree. That, His finish, the spinning yeah. back kick finish in, uh, in the Contender was nuts. Yeah, outstanding. And so I mean, so did um, Cruz as well. Cruz had that crazy flying knee finish as well. So this was great matchmaking for the UFC to do. Two contender guys trying to make a debut, trying to make a splash. And um, same thing, another guy who came off of that first season, I mean, that fourth season first fight um, card was that, uh, what's his name? Levitt. Justin, is it Levitt? Jordan Justin? Levitt. Jordan Levitt. And yeah, yeah, I mean, that, he he had a pretty spectacular debut himself. So There was a guy for last week. What was his name? Ronnie Lawrence, I think. He came off yep. that same season as well, and he was a fucking Yeah, yeah. They, pick, they picked up some, some If you don't watch talent. the Contender Series, watch <laughs> yeah. the Contender Series. Yeah. It's actually awesome. They yeah, pick up also, some serious talent. Cheyenne Bays is fighting next week as well. She's, yeah. She's a bad bitch. Yeah, Contender is... Why I like Contender way... Like, I mean to compare it to fucking ultimate fighter, take away all the reality bullshit, which is not a huge thing anymore. Like it used to be. You literally beat me to it. It's, it's what yeah. ultimate fighter really yeah. should be. You have guys who are, are fighting for a fucking UFC contract. Like that's what it is. Like, you, so you see, they have three rounds to put on the most spectacular finish and the most crazy fights so that they can get signed to the UFC. So you everyone see has a guys. chance each week as well. It's not like the ultimate fighter were at the end, you know? It's not like it's yeah. the real housewives of the UFC. Like this is the contender series is the real deal. That's yeah. And there's yeah. more chances. It's I don't know. You see better performances. And I think because it's still young in its um, you know, in its inception, we will see. I think over if there's as many seasons of contender as there is the Ultimate Fighter, I think it's going to prove in in dividends that the contender series brings way more fighters like there's just way more fighters coming through like dana white signs anywhere from two to five fighters a week some weeks he signs every fighter mm-hmm. so i mean and these these two boys were absolutely needed to be signed and i thought udus medic was the one guy from that whole entire season i was like i can't wait to see his debut man like he is a special he looks like he's going to be special and this fight was not actually a showcase of that though, because they were both just kind of went out in there and sloppily brawled until the other one, like one of them died. But I know that he's actually a technician and a wizard from his performance on the contender series. So um, yeah, I can't wait to see what he's got in store for us next. Like basically he had such a fast finish, turn him around quick. This is still COVID. You know what I mean? We can still have these contender guys, you know, they're hungry, chomping at the bit, ready to get into the rankings, ready to start fighting some names. Let him have it. Yeah, Medic has been fighting too, but he hasn't had a whole lot of octagon time, so he's good to go. Yeah, yeah, and it took him a hot second to get, as I said, from the first, uh, first episode of season uh, season four all the way up until now. That was a while ago. Now that was mid last year, so he's taken ages to have his debut. Um, what is it? Hanada Sosa and Lamosh. Good grief, Lamosh is 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 terrifying. Her, I mean, Sosa supposedly has the grappling. I hadn't actually seen or heard of it before. I hadn't actually seen her fight, but I'd seen Lamosh fight once before and I knew her, her stand-up was dangerous. So I just actually didn't pick this fight at all. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't like to pick fights that I don't know the fighters. Like it's just kind of a silly thing. It's a silly thing to do. Even as a fight fan, like I could just look at two names, look at the records. I'm like, well, one has a better record. So I'll choose them. Not always the case. Like you kind of got to know who you're watching and Lamosh, Jesus Christ. She is, yeah, she's terrifying on the feet. Like she should probably 
she should be getting a leap up in competition. I think she she crushed Sozo on the feet. Like it yeah, was I got not, told that she not even close. Pretty bad. Yeah, it was it was it was actually a fucking hellacious beating. Mm. Um, and I mean Sosa looked like she had fine stand up. It's just she was facing someone who was just. It kind of looked like what um, GDR looks like at bantamweight and featherweight, where like unless she's facing Nunes, she kind of just crushes everybody in her stand up. Her stand up's just light years ahead of everyone. That's yeah. what it looked like. I'd like to see her fight the winner of like Angela Hill and Ashley Yoda, who I think are fighting on the weekend. That to me makes the most sense. I'm a fan of that. Somewhere I'm a fan in that. Of oh, maybe Hill. actually, you know what? There's there's a litmus test in that division, and her name is Tisha Torres. Amanda Lamosh is nine and one. And she's about to get fed to Tisha Torres. And I think, think she's going to kill her as well. I think it's tiny tornado time? Yeah, it is. It's about time you get thrown into the little the little twister of... The whirling you know, dervish. Yeah. I mean, and I think Tisha's riding a pretty filthy win streak at the moment too. So, like, that, that could be fun. Um, next up on the list, I mean, I mean... Yeah, we said it before. We said it before. I know as an Aussie, we should be rooting for Jake Matthews. But you got sometimes you got to bet with your... Up here, yeah. I mean, you got to bet with your head. And from what I've seen of Sean Brady, he is fourteen and zero. No, he was thirteen and zero. And it looks like no one's going to have a fucking hope of stopping him. To be honest, his stand up was more that crisp. confident. Enough. He's as fucking powerful as fuck. He's got tight stand up, and his ground game is. He's a, he he spread poor Jake Matthews like butter <laughs> on you know what I mean on some nice hot toast like. He, he didn't even have a chance. Like every time Jake would try in any kind of sweep and he's a good grappler too. He's shown before that. Jake's he's an awesome a, grappler. He's got a very good grappling game. And, and he, dude, Sean Brady having none of that, not even having a whiff, a copper whiff, whiff of that fucking Jake Matthews ground game at all. Like he crushed him. Um, Sean Brady is who Bilal Muhammad should be fighting. I'm sorry. I love Bilal. I remember the name every day, but I'm just saying right now, I just... Bilal Muhammad versus Leon Edwards is not my favorite fight. And I think Sean Brady should be that kind of guy fighting Bilal Muhammad. And I think Leon should be fighting someone like Wonderboy, like who's ranked. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but at the same time, I like Bilal Muhammad. I like, I like him too. I like, a, I'm liking him more and more by the day. I'm remembering look, like, the name more and more by the day. If he beats yeah. Leon Edwards, I, you know, nah. Leon Edwards has had a rough trot. I don't think he's going to beat Leon Edwards, but he's had a rough trot. And, uh, you know, like the only it, thing it would that, be cool to see Bilal suddenly take that next step in the division. It would be cool, but I just... St- I remember the staple name of the division. That'll be his next step. I just, uh, I, as I said, like the only thing I can see playing a factor into that, because if I'm pairing them up style for style at their best, I think Leon crushes him. No but doubt. what I'm what I'm not taking into consideration when I'm picking that fight, and I'm obviously picking Leon, is that Leon has not fought for like two years and he's had COVID and he's gone through all different camps. He's probably just dying to take a fight. And he's probably, you know what I mean? How many times he's game plan for Woodley, Chimaev, uh, now, yeah, I mean, like everybody. So like, he's probably, as I said, just sharpening his own tools. I hope that he shows up a better version than we've seen, but a lot he's of the sharpening times- Sharpening those legs, dude. Yeah, I know. The photo you showed yeah. me the other day of yeah. his legs if, is ridiculous. If we could pull that photo up on here, I would. He, yeah, his thighs and quads, it looks like he can squat. Looks like he's been training yeah. in a camp against Usain Bolt. It looks like he could squat a whole camp of fighters just in, in one big octagon and just fucking yeah, everything put it on that's back. on his legs is actually meant to be there there is nothing that is uh there is no yeah fat on and he legs. has that kind of frame where you look at him you're thinking he would have kind of like kamara usman legs mm. no 
No, sir. He's got juicy fucking Christmas hams for thighs. Yes, he does. Um, he's looking in good shape, man. And as I said, like if as long as he's in shape, and I think if he performs to the level he has been before against like Cowboy, RDA, Vicente, I mean, he's got a half decent resume. It's a lot of not top 10 fighters, but still he's been beating everybody. Um, he should crush Bilal Muhammad, unfortunately. Yeah. Anyway, um, we, we digress. Yeah, yeah, so go go on ahead, though. Sean Brady is going to be a fucking problem in this division. I do believe that he is going to... He's, he's sitting where Camaro and Colby were about two to three years ago. He's that exact same problem. No one wants to fight him. He's is, is the worst possible matchup for pretty much 95 to 98% of the division because no one can stop his ground... Like, his takedowns ground control he's built like fucking um matt hughes mm -hmm. back at welterweight back you know what i mean he's got that same like farm boy strength paul felder has sung nothing but praise for him just basically saying that outside of him having the best work ethic he's ever seen he has ludicrous strength like he said like he's, he'll have never felt a stronger grappler ever and also he is as as you could see too he has pretty clean tight stand up he's powerful he's tough as shit and he's well composed. He's well. He, he's well schooled at, uh, at. I think he's at Rufus. Rufus Sport. Um, and he must be a nightmare to train with. I imagine. He, I, I can't even picture anyone, especially like guys like Pettis, who's kind of like the staple of that gym. Mm. Imagine what it's like for him, like Pettis, a former champion, to have to probably, you know, fight and spar and grapple against someone like Sean Brady every day. That must suck. <laughs> and I thought of a nickname for him too, by the way. Yes, he did. Yeah, I think as everyone would have seen now, he's got he's covered in tats and like i like some of them i don't i think it's the tats on his legs he's look way better tattoo on his back there's a few people who have yeah I, I like the tattoos on his legs more i'll say that his upper body stuff not really for me but um he's got it look what did you say it wasn't oni is that like because it looks like the devil and i was going to say you might as well just call him hades like sean hades brady hades brady hades no, brady like yeah noni what is that like a, it's just and i think samurai, I, i'm pretty sure i think he's just going to be as I said, like he's going to probably get the Kamara Usman Colby route. Like he'll probably get fight like a Damian Meyer or a Robbie Lawler next or like someone. I think he's ready. Like you can't keep putting him against other contenders at this point. He's 15 and 0 or 14 and 0. Yeah. 14 and 0, 15 and 0. 14. Yeah. He's 14 yeah. and 0. Like you, you start getting up into that kind of undefeated territory, they start chucking some yeah. kills there. Yeah. And I thought Bilal might have actually been a good fight, but I don't think it's fair, for instance, if Leon beats Bilal, for then Bilal to be like, all right, well, yeah, I lost, but I guess I can just walk straight into this next fight, like do a fucking rampage against Shogun or whatever it was. <laughs> you remember when Rampage loses the title to Jones? He's like, hey, Shogun, you want to fight? Like in the post-fight press conference. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> do our job for us much? Um, yeah, go on, moving on. Like Sean Brady, as I, said, I mean, what do you do with Jake Matthews? I mean, he, he's there's still plenty of contenders outside of welterweight he can fight. I don't really know a clear path for him to sort of even make the top 15 to top 10. I would have to point. check who's unranked at welterweight. I'm sure there is a lot of people who are unranked at welterweight. I think want to he fight can him. fight anyone. Sean Brady needs to actually start being a little bit more, you know, selective of who he fights. Cause I think he's actually earned it. As I said, I think he's earned a top 15 to top 10 opponent. And I, at, outside of, as I said, the worst style matchup for someone like him is like Gilbert Burns, like just with that crazy jits game outside mm -hmm. of that, or maybe Damian Meyer. Outside of that, I think he's probably going to crush pretty much everyone all the way up to the title. I see him being in the title picture within maybe a year. Oh, well, we'll see it. Yeah, I want to see it. Um, okay, now this fight was... We're moving on. Um, 
what's this guy's name? I'm going to call him Kennedy because I can't pronounce his last name. It's like Ninchukwu or something. And uh, Carlos Olberg. Olberg had a very impressive contender series debut as well. Izzy's main training partner coming out of obviously a great kickboxing camp in kickboxing. Shout out. He looked... He Very... went from no, no, so I saw this. He was he went from looking good to shit, good yeah. to shit many times. Like it's like uh, I'm back, no, I'm gone, I'm back, and I'm gone. Who um, gassed out? Who gassed out quicker, in your opinion, Carlos Olberg in this fight, or what's that big super gorilla alpha fuck who was that jujitsu fellow who got submitted like a week ago, and I forget his name. Remember, Hernan- Fluffy Hernandez submitted him. Oh, oh yeah. come on, dude. What's that guy's name? Oh, uh, that wasn't last week, was it? Or was it before that? I can't actually remember. I know he's built like a great god, obviously like a multiple-time world jiu-jitsu champion, outstanding jits, but, I mean, he just gassed so bad. Let me have Um look. Yeah, and I feel like Olberg was the same. Like, it was. It looked like he was going to do work, and then Nchukwu was just kind of fucking Homer Simpson Homer Simpson his way through this fight, like terrible defense, high double forearm guard, and just ate a bunch of kicks, body punches. Rodolfo Vieira. Yeah, Vieira. That's Vieira, it. Yeah. Sorry. Who got who gassed out quicker? Like seriously, that was not not good. Vieira so Carlos Olberg was fucking panting for air about three minutes into this fight. So he just gassed himself trying to finish Kennedy. Um, Kennedy, as he said, like just did not look spectacular. He actually looked pretty terrible, if I'm being honest, but somehow managed to pull off the Homer Simpson effect, which you know, you don't actually see a lot at this level often anymore. Like normally the better striker and the more technical, um, younger, more handsome, you know, prospect got prospect and you know, superstar written all over him, and he yeah, kind of shit the bed. I, I don't really know what else to say. Like, um, I it's disappointing when it comes out of when when yeah. someone like Olberg comes out of Izzy's camp, which has yeah. all the hype around it. And, and this is a big debut a very too. Sloppy cardio and technical performance, like it was. I mean, yeah. it was weirdly enough. Do you no. think it was an entertaining fight? Still, yes, I thought it was very entertaining. Me I just too. thought like this looks very much like a light heavyweight fight. Most of the, you know, in in aesthetic, it was the most light heavyweight fight you could probably ever imagine. Mm. Um, it's just. As he said, like one guy looked like a much better technician, way sharper punches, using very clean uh, combinations, especially going, as I said, leg kicks down to the body, back up to the head, uppercuts, everything that you want to see. Um, but as he said, like getting tired fucks you over in the worst way. In the way. first like, round. In the first round, yeah. That's not good. And as I said, you got to give Ken- Kennedy credit for having the heart to stick in there, defend terribly but still managed to stay on his feet and then yeah come back to knock him out in the end um it's unfortunate yeah you know because it kind of seems like the better man didn't win but at the same time the better man should have had better cardio as well so i mean he's he's i mean i feel like coach um back at city kid but yeah huge is gonna fucking roast this this guy once he gets back i think he's gonna cop an absolute hiding but as i said it could just be the bright lights man sometimes the bright lights it's a UFC debut. Maybe he performs outstandingly in the gym and just want, for whatever reason, under the bright lights, he just You never folds. know. Adrenaline dump or anything. But this is his first loss. He'll come back stronger from it. Hopefully, if he didn't take too much damage. I mean, it was a pretty lethal slugfest there for the first round and a half or whatever it was. 
Uh, round two, yeah. So you only made it about a minute, a minute forty seconds into round two. Gassed right. as fuck. Right, yep. well, let's get this last early prelim fight out of the way because I want to start yep. talking Great. about fights. Things I've missed yep. at early prelims. Well, there was something pretty big happen in this fight too, but not what you actually expect. With uh, Tim Elliott and Jordan Espinosa, um, Elliott mopped the floor with him on the ground. Like, I mean, literally mopped him on the on the floor there. Like, great it was, wrestling prowess. Yeah, he, his grappling was very. I mean, leap years ahead of him, it looked like. And as I said, I'm no grappling wizard, so I can't really break down every single transition they made. All I could see was Tim Elliott was crushing poor Jess Jordan Espinosa. But the weird thing that came out of this fight was if you listen to the, um, if you were listening closely, as I said, to the commentary, and if you weren't slacking off like us, having beers and having a bit of banter, mm-hmm. Tim Elliott was actually accusing Jordan Espinosa of being like a woman beater. And like they were actually going back and forth on the ground about like, you know, Jordan's like, I know. Uh, sorry, like Tim Elliott was basically like, I know what you did. You're a woman beater. And like, they were like, he's like, you don't know the whole truth. Can you imagine what that's like? What's the for, basis of this? Is there like a story or something? There must be, yeah, there must just out? be some strange allegation about that from prior. But I mean, Tim Elliott must have known about it and was just saying it on the ground as he was ground and pounding him and looking for subs. So that was, that's all. all right. So imagine, that's, imagine how much harder you would fight if you knew the person that you were trying to beat up had it coming. Like if yeah. they did, there's not, there's not a just lot weird to worse say that. than beating up on women. So imagine if you knew that your opponent... Nothing worse outside of killing someone, probably. Yeah, like if you knew your opponent... Opponent? Apparently I can't say that word. Opponent English. was a, a woman beater. Wouldn't you just... You'd, you'd have the like all the drive to just beat the shit out of them in a fight. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. I just, you know, it's weird to have that exchange of words during the fight on broadcast right next to the camera right next to the microphone and then you kind of have to hear the commentators be like anyway let you know better get going it's always so juicy when the fighters talk to each other mid-fighter um as well i know exactly what to do with timmy uh tim elliott after this fight too i don't know about jordan espinoza i'm sure he'll get booked another fight um be interesting to see if anything comes of that whole you know weird dispute they had on the ground there Mm-hmm. Um, but Tim Elliott versus Joey Benavides. Um, yeah, both been beaten I'll, by the champion. Yeah, but I mean, Joey's also beaten Tim Elliott back in the day. I just feel like Joey's probably, if he doesn't retire, it should be one more fight. You know what I mean? And I feel like Tim Elliott's another veteran, long time, long, you know, long stay in that division, to say the least, old Tim Elliott. Now, without the mullet as well, you fucking traitor. Um, you know, he's, he offered, I think, in the post fight. He's like, you know what? I'll, I'll fight Joey. I'd like to be his last fight if he's, like, thinking of hanging him up. And two, I like that. Two veterans fighting. Uh, you know, Joey's got to win over him. So maybe run it back and see if it plays out any different now that Joseph is kind of, you know, starting to fizzle out a bit with age. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, moving on. So that was the – I mean, that was just the fucking early prelims. This is the – yeah, this is the pre- prelims now. This is where it starts getting juicy. So this is the yeah. fight that you missed. You so missed, I actually missed this. So I you was were, you were on the way to the to yeah. see the fights with all of yeah. us, and uh, you missed this one was nuts. So it was Kaikara France fighting uh, Rogero Bonterin. I think that's a last Bonterin, I believe. Bonterin, yeah. Anyway, so this fight was pretty much all Bonterin. It went for almost one round, about four minutes fifty or something like that. And Bonterin, yeah, four minutes fifty five. It says. Bonterine was just all over Kaikara France. Just, I reckon three and a half minutes of that was Bonterine threatening the rear naked. So they were both on the ground and Kaikara France was just fucking 
fighting the hands for three and a half minutes, dude. And there was there was probably two or three times when when the like he was locked under the chin. It's, I don't know how he got out of it. And then they they stand up in like the last 30, 40 seconds. And Kai fucking knocks him out. Just over I think it was an overhand right. Knocks yeah. him out. First yeah, finish think- in the UFC, true to the name. Don't blink Kyra France. Yes, sir. And uh, a little bit of controversy after that too, I think. I think Herb stepped in to stop the fight and then kind of didn't stop the fight. So he so did I, and then didn't stop the fight. And then, you know, Kai's doing his lap of the, the octagon and he sort of sees Herb hesitating and around Reguero on the ground still. And he comes up and he goes to load. Like Kai just sprints from the other side of the octagon and tries to load up a punch on him when he was down and then it just stops at the last second. <laughs> yeah. Continues to celebrate. And then Reguero <laughs> jumps up and throws his mouthpiece at him. It was, it was entertaining. I feel bad for Bontorin, man, but... Again, that's the game. That is the game. Just as you said, look at what happened to Fluffy Hernandez. He's like, you know, taken down, looking like he's going to be in a world of shit, defended correctly, got back to his feet and just fucking obliterated poor, what's his face? Hercules McGee, um, who'd ran out of gas. And that's the same thing. um, Imagine that. Yeah, man. I mean, I like that. You're fighting, you've got someone's back for about three and a half, four minutes. And then with 30, 40 seconds left in the round, round one as well. Yeah. You stand up for a little bit and he just overhand writes you. And I love that. I love that for Kai out. though. Like so Kai, I, I, I think that's one of those ones where you store all that energy that you had to be fighting for that round, just defending on your back, as you said, just looking for a way out. And I think a lot of that pressure has actually been applied by mm-hmm. uh, Bontarine. Whereas like Kai defending, probably doesn't take as much, you know, grip strength and a lot as much, you're not gassing out as hard trying to mm-hmm. get that finish. And once he got back to the feet, as you said, just unloaded on him, couldn't well, get away I'm from I'm happy him. for him. I think it was the Adesanya Costa card or the um, City Kickboxing Boys run. And Kai was the only one to lose. Or oh, actually, it was, ah. that, it was that Sean guy as well, right? What's his name? Sean something from their, from their camp. Anyway, he was one of uh, two guys yeah. to lose on that, yes. on that, um, yes. on that card. And uh, now yes. he comes into this card and he's the only one who wins yeah um yet again looking at flyweight i mean he could fight joey benavides benavides as well i mean it's one of those ones where he could fight tim elliott he could fight joey benavides like the i would you know the fight i'd like to see him is manel cape the guy who came over and debuted against against um your boy uh pantoja manel cape versus kai cara france you know what i mean I'll watch. Of course I'll watch. Hell yeah. That's what I'm about. Two crazy, excellent kickboxes. I'd watch the fuck out of that. Mm. I'd love that. That's actually the... You know what? Fuck all that. That's the fight to make. UFC, don't at me unless Kai Kara France and Manel Cape are fighting. Moving on. I like it. Joey Benavidez. Another flyweight fight. Asa Askarov. Askar Askarov. Yes. You say scumbag. Obviously, it was the weight miss. Um, missed by a pound, so at least he tried, but still, it's still a pound and you're still a professional. The problem is with this is that Askar is kind of like the alumni number one contender, right? Like outside of obviously um, the two gentlemen fighting for the title once that is booked for a rematch, um, Figgy and Marino. Askar is kind of the next guy in line, but and you beat Joey, who just fought for the title in his last fight. So the problem is, as you said, you can't, I don't believe you can get a title shot off of a weight miss. They've done it before. I just don't think that's meritocracy yeah. speaking. It's not right. Um, great. And again, I mean, 
Jose Aldo got a title shot after a loss, so you just never know. Two losses, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> he I didn't actually win at Bantamweight. Price, but... Yeah, but still. I mean, still a loss. Uh, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, he's going to be tied up anyway because I don't think Figueredo and Moreno are fighting until June. And then, depending how much damage they take in that fight, then the winner of that, you know, may fight Asgar. If, for instance, if it's Figueredo who wins, mm. he might fight Cody Garbrandt. So, I mean, Asgar might still, as I said, need one or two more fights. He's right up there, though. I mean, he was just, yeah, he was having his way with Joey, especially, I mean, on the feet. He had that jab in his face. He had that front kick tape down the center, taking the wind out of him. I mean, if um, it wasn't for Joey being able to sprawl and 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 just move, like when he's trying to get taken down or he's on the ground, like Joey yeah. is out of there real quick. So if it wasn't for Joey's ability to sprawl, I think that fight might have ended earlier. Yeah, and, and Joey's uh, an outstanding grappler. It's just even then, like you're facing a Dagestani uh, mauler there. He has that kind of background. He's got those kind of skills and he's bigger and he's younger. He is deaf. That's another detail that people might not know. He he can't hear his corner, but and then you know some might argue that heightens his other senses, You're and it also means that he doesn't get the pressure from all the audience, you know, all the crowd noises and all the booing and all whatever else. Because I mean, guys who are heavy grapplers normally do get booed out a lot. Um, mm. It's sad, but it's true. Um, he's very impressive. I mean, Asgar is very impressive considering, as I think Rogan put it best on the broadcast, he's not the most impressive athletic looking fella, but I mean, he's very, I mean, he, he, he looks about as close to a number one contender as you could, you know, as you can, as you can be. A little easier in flyweight too, to be a contender right now, I think so. Yeah. So, but the narrative, to be a flyweight. it is actually, the division's actually, I would say been saved, not by Cejudo, by Figueredo, to be honest, because at least yes. Cejudo, I mean, at least it's sweet, right? Because you've got this open division, but that's because at the top you've got a man, um, you know, a one super exciting as well. Yeah, a one twenty-five man that's really like one eighty. I don't know. Yeah, one sixty-five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, the problem is with Joey. I didn't want to believe it, but I think after the two hellacious beatings that he took in against the current champion in Figueredo has completely knocked him as far off of his prime as, as I've ever seen a fighter, to be honest. It's like, I love Joseph. Uh, I mean, I love watching him fight. I've always loved watching him fight. He's beaten, I mean, he's got 28 wins and most of those against pretty much every other flyweight that's ever been. You know, he's had six title shots, I want to say. He's had two against Dominic Cruz. He's had two against Demetrius and he had two against Figueredo, right? One of those was a mate weight miss, obviously from Figgy in the first fight. But I mean, we still saw that like pretty much 10 out of 10 times he gets crushed. So he had his chance. This is probably the first time, as I said, he had to step away from that sort of that title picture and face a contender for, you know, it's been a while since. Um, and he got crushed again. By the time comes like, to everybody, dude. He's, and it, it, it's come for him pretty bad, man. He looked very slow. He's got an old style now. It's kind of, you know, he's got his hands tucked. Um, he usually leads with his head and then throws big looping bombs. Asgar's, I wouldn't say he's even really defined by his speed, but he looked much faster than Joey. And that's kind of, that's sad. That's when you know, because a style like that, an older style like Joseph Benavidez is really requires a lot of speed and athleticism to, to pull off what he used to be able to do, which was pretty insane back in the day. If anyone wants to go back and watch some crazy fights, watch his two fights with Dominic Cruz, watch his first fight with Demetrius, watch 
uh, those are just title fights. Go back and watch any of his other fights. I mean, he, he's a wizard. He's normally outstanding in the grappling and in the uh, transitions. He's normally crazy powerful, crazy fast, really durable. And almost all of that seems to be out of the window now. And he cuts up a lot when he fights. It looks like it looks like he's, yeah, you know, he's getting the Nate Diaz syndrome where every time he eats a clean punch, his face splits. Yeah. Um, I don't want to see Joseph take more unnecessary punishment for a paycheck. Like if he can retire now, I'd take it. Otherwise, you're going to be a gatekeeper. And you know, I, look, get- I think we're good on Joey. Joey, like, uh, had a great career. He, man. He's had a great career. He's got lots of fans. He's had some really awesome wins. And I mean, right now, and- he's going to go home and he's going to, he's got Megan Olivia. That's a, that's yeah. a prize in its own right. Absolutely. Absolutely. She, she is a smoke show. She's a babe. And unfortunately, yeah, I feel like Joseph Benavidez was the guy who almost had it. As he said, he's had that many title shots. He beat everybody else. He beat multiple fighters twice, two wins over Formiga, two wins over Dustin Ortiz, you know, with Joey two times is what they were calling him. Beat Cejudo back That's, in the day. I love that name. That's a great name. Joey two um, times. But Joey two times lost to the best of their generation. He lost two times to the GOAT bantamweight and Cruz lost two times to the goat flyweight in Demetrius. And he lost two times to our current champion who looks like he's going to go on to have a pretty hall of famer S career no doubt. in Figueredo. And now, as I said, now you're losing to these contenders, probably time to hang up the gloves, man. Yeah. And it sucks, but and I love you, Joseph Benavides. If you ever hear this one day, you probably never will, but I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I see a lot of fighters like this. I mean, look at Robbie Lawler. It's the same thing. All the speed and power and explosiveness is gone. That, that you know, that monster inside that he had caged that he'd let out in the fifth round, that's gone. Mm. You see flashes of it for like a second in that like Askren fight. You know what I mean? You see that like he's caging the beast. It's in there and then it's not there. Yeah, so, look, your mind can't keep up with your body in its old age. We know this. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's, moving on, moving on. Um, I'll let Song you know for this. Kyla Phillips, awesome fight. And uh, I think... It ended in Kyla Phillips winning by decision. I think Song Yudong as uh I mean he had a loss coming. We know that he 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 lost that Cheeto fight, so you know yeah. he probably had this one coming in the works, but awesome fight. They both slugged it out three rounds. Kyla Phillips, I didn't know who the fuck this guy was. And he come in looking looking really fucking good. You did beautiful. You he looked know. beautiful. He looked he you were watching. You saw how good he yeah. looked. Dude, he, he had a great like- performance. Sometimes, like you know, you can see a fight end in uh in a finish in one or two rounds. There's some fights you just want to see go to the end. And yeah, this was one of those fights. Well, when you have a chin like Song Yudong, you can just eat clean head kicks like shin to fucking dome. Then yeah, you're gonna see the fight probably go to a decision. Yeah, you but- want to KO Song Yudong? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not you're <laughs> yeah. getting it. Yeah, dude, he has no. a crazy chin. Yeah, I know. The fat yeah. lady, the fat lady ain't singing today, baby. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? She Carla. never sings. Yeah, Carla Phillips, man, Yonka. just good. Beautiful head. I'm just gonna say this: beautiful, beautiful head of hair. hair. Beautiful. I mean, I know we go into the the fucking male physique all the time, but man, that's a great head of hair. Like, yes, I mean, it is. Um, I, don't, I, I don't, remember. I remember he, he was on um the Ultimate Fighter, and he did not have that beautiful head of hair. And I think he's also fought on Contender. So I think he fought on Contender series and. He won by knockout and then didn't get the contract. He fought on the ultimate fighter and I can't remember what happened, whether or not he won it or something. He went back to the regionals. Now he's come back to the UFC and I think he's on a three fight win streak and he's already ranked. How many people get ranked after three fights? I think one other person and that's fucking um, 
uh, what's our boy, harms it. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if he really deserves a 15th Who has Who's climbed the rankings quicker than, than Hamzat? Kyla Phillips. That's True, what I'm but he's, it's not like Kyla Phillips is seventh or fifth or whatever. Like, he's just breaking the rankings. Still, kudos. Dude, nine and one. But come on. Crazy, that, crazy uh, fight. After that performance, I mean, Song, as you can see, he was very limited to like kind of like small, stocky legs, chin of iron, and like. Yeah, well, you said this. He was the punching power, and Kyla Phillips comes yeah. in there with those fucking. Long, Long legs, legs for the division, and you see it. The range and the, the kicks were there. But, like, not just that. I mean, he 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 had an outstanding game plan. If you were going to give a performance of the night for just game plan alone, it's Kyla Phillips, man. Like, stay at the end of your reach. Um, you always look like every time he, he'd throw the kicks, he sets up his punch as well, and then every time uh song would sort of plan his feet and get ready to counter he'd duck under for a takedown yeah. and control and you, you know the what I mean? takedowns like, were good the grappling was awesome yeah. as well Every, everything about that guy's performance that day was on point i can't wait to see like he's another one man there's so many bantamweight guys coming up now where you're just like i can't i just any give me anybody match them up all together you know what i mean um I want to know. Like everyone's obviously been riding the Sugar Sean O'Malley train as like the next big bantamweight prospect. I say there's a list of about twenty bantamweight prospects. Hayani Barcelos, Kyla Phillips is another one of those boys. Mm. Um, you know, who did we just have? Casey Kenny just had his opportunity. He's looked good. Um, mm. Nathaniel Wood. The list goes on. You need to go through the list of bantamweights outside of fifteen and go from fifteen down. It is just murderous rope. Like, good luck, Ethan, getting ranked. That's all I'm going to say. You have to get the right fight at the right time. Okay. Otherwise, Bant- you, you, yeah. Bantamweight's crazy. Speaking so of bantamweight the- being crazy, though, and you you just said about the Casey, like Casey Kenny. Yep. Yeah, he fought Dominic Cruz to headline the prelims. And uh, I, everyone's like, yeah, you know, Dominic Cruz won, looked really good. Um, I don't looked think so. Looked a bit so. slower. I, th- I think the Casey slower. Kenny didn't look very good. I thought he was backed up by Dominic Cruz and maybe a little intimidated by the height and the movement and everything. Probably didn't use the uh, the leg kick enough to like we. He know did that- for a little bit. He just forgot to he forgot to fucking keep doing it. How do you forget to throw the leg? Well, I think what it's it Dominic was- Cruz. He's, he's reliant on his movement. He, if you take one of those legs away, that's it's going to be uh, it's going to make the fight a lot easy for you. And he it just didn't happen. I would say he didn't go to it, and then he did. And then I think Dominic made the adjustment to just slip his leg away. So then he stopped doing it because every time he'd throw a naked kick, Dom would just flick his leg back, get out of the way. But the problem, like, I mean, what Cejudo did, which was genius, was like he kicked the fuck out of that front leg, backed him into the cage. And then as Dominic was exiting, using that stuff to, you know, like go one way and then pivot out the other way, he would kick his other leg as well. Mm. That was the smart, like, I mean, that's why Cejudo is fucking Henry Cejudo. Like you can't just kick the one leg because he'll make an adjustment to just, get out of the way because he's still pretty nimble. Mm. Um, As you said, as you said, as this fight was happening, Dominic Cruz is a specialist. mm -hmm. Whereas like Casey Kenny is sort of a jack of all trades and they tend to crumble when they fight a specialist. Depending, but yeah, he's a striking striking specialist, but I think y'all must've forgot as well. Dominic Cruz can wrestle. And he brought a, an MMA game to Casey Kenny as and Casey Kenny is an you know he, he's as I said a meat and potatoes fight he's pretty good at, at pretty much everything no master of nothing mm. and sometimes you have to have that edge as you said like Dominic Cruz has the edge specifically in movement defense coming with funky angles uh, mixing in the wrestling I think Dominic Cruz fought a good fight it, it's hard to I think what it is though 
as you said, it's not that Casey Kenny didn't really show up. I really think it's like it's hard to look good against Casey Kenny in any facet. But it's so for Dominic Cruz to get a win at this stage in his career is pretty big against a you know a ranked fifteen. He's not like as old it. as you think he is, though. What is he? Is he thirty two or is he? 30, I'm not actually sure. I think, he, I think he's still only like thirty two or thirty three or something. It just shows is me he? he's been. Yeah, he's not old. Let me just check. I don't think. I think he's, he's thirty six. Anyway, uh, still, I mean, it's a great performance by Dominic Cruz. It just didn't look that impressive because I think that. I mean, I still think Casey Kenny's very good. Yeah, what in the fuck am I saying? He's thirty six, dude. 36, yeah. Uh, I think Casey Kenny's very good. I think Dominic Cruz is still very good as well. Has not taken a lot of damage to the chin. We know his body has taken all sorts of punishment. Um, and yeah, as you can see, his physical gifts are starting to leave, but I do think he still has that fight, like that elite fight IQ. He, he, he's, his style is still very, um, I don't want to say perplexing necessarily. It, his style still baffles a lot of people. Like his they style just is still viable. Yeah, you just don't know what to do until you're in there with him and then you realize oh fuck like he's he's still he's still got it he can still move man he can still defend he's still tricky well and even only the best figured him out back in his his prime you'd say so three losses yeah only you the best I mean? managed to, to solve that puzzle so he's still yeah. there i just don't think he looked that good yeah I, 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 I truly attribute that to as i said it's a little bit older and he's not in his physical prime but casey kenny is hard to look good against Sprinkle some ring rust in there too as well. Probably he's only he's had the Cejudo fight, but that didn't go as long as it you know he could have. Yep, yep. So as you said, it's, it's probably not the prime. I think prime Dominic Cruz probably just would have styled on him. Um, and he even considered it afterwards in the post fight. He was like, oh, well, I feel like I just kind of beat TJ Dillashaw again in that sense. Like it's the same similar style matchup. I disagree with that. But I mean, who am I to say that, you know, talk about fighting. TJ would have brought it to him a little harder than. I was going to say, I feel like TJ is a lot more tricky than, and a lot more, you know, a lot better than Casey Kenny personally. But yeah. still, if that's what he believes, then cool. I mean, the mat, the fight to make, it's pretty obvious. Frankie Edgar or Rafael Sunsell, but probably Frankie Edgar, right? Don't want to see any other fight. Those two guys paired, or actually just pair any of those three guys up. That's all I'm going to say. A Sunsell, Frankie, Dom, pair any of them up and I'll watch. You want a little a blast from the past action? Little... Yeah, two former champions. The Sunsail, not a champion, but still very good. Kind of the Joseph Benavides of, of you know, Bantamweight. Um, yeah, uh, that, that was kind of where all the fun ended, I would say. You know what I mean? Like that was like the headline of the prelims. The fun kind of started to slow up after that. Like I thought we were after that, like that whole run of fights that we were, you know, mm. we we're on for maybe one of the best cards ever. By this point, we're we're at the yeah. edge of our seat. Yeah. By this yeah. point, we're like, if this is I've, prelims, what in the yeah, fuck no shit. is coming up and, for us? And I have, as I said, like I have like the biggest heart on for light heavyweight, and I'm expecting super fireworks coming out of Santos and Rakic, which is, you know. Yeah. So this fight resembled a lot of like Derek Lewis and uh, fucking Inganu. They were both just kind of respecting each other's power and knew what what was coming if they made a mistake and they were not um not what's the word they weren't willing to throw down or get busy yeah i would say that tiago in his defense is kind of on the same fence as Derek lewis where it's like he actually has uh injuries from the past that he did not want to aggravate 
I know Derek Lewis said he had a pretty fucked back in the Nganu fight and just didn't want to throw. And they I are, say- they are saying if you tear your ACL, it's something that will be on your mind forever. I mean, you look. Yeah. I mean, fucking Anderson, Anderson Silva kicks his leg in half and he yeah. was never the same again. Yep, That's, it happens. Yep. That is true. But yeah, I mean, couldn't have put it better. Actually, I think Tiago didn't just tear his LCL, tore his MCL, his meniscus, his fucking every part of your knee that you can fuck up, he fucked up. He so, left his knee in the octagon. Yeah, with Jones and almost a debatably a win too. So I think that's kind of what happened in the Glover fight. Like his legs weren't under him as strong as they normally would be for the takedown defense, for instance. And he was throwing his hands because I think he knew he could beat Glover to the punch, which he did. Mm. Um, but he wasn't throwing kicks. And then in this one as well, barely threw any kicks like he used to. You know what I mean? Like he would always have those capoeira kicks. Um, I just think he's still a little bit tentative about where his knees are at. And so I think that and having the respect for Rakic as a, you know, a big problem in front of him too, slowed Tiago down. And I think Rakic really only won the fight because he was leading the dance, basically. He was the only one. That's kind of what all yeah, I could this see. this fight was, was scored on, uh, on uh, pressure, I think. Yeah, and that sucks. I, I like Alexander Rakic a lot, actually. I, I just think to, he's not won himself a title shot after this because he called for it after the Anthony Smith win and he called for it after this. And those are two big wins to have in a row, Tiago and uh, Anthony Smith are two excellent wins to have in your resume. Looking at, you know, going into the top five of uh, light heavyweight, it's just you're not going past Glover. And I think the winner of Yuri Prohaska and Dominic Reyes is probably going to be his next opponent. Mm. Or if the UFC want to be really filthy, they'll do Magomed Ankalaev. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's That'd pretty be crazy. very dirty. All right, well, you heard that- it here first. If, if that happens, yeah. Um, Otherwise, I think it's yeah. going to be Magomed Ankalaev and Tiago Santos. That to me probably makes the most sense matchup wise. Because yeah. if Santos, I know he's on a three fight losing streak, but I don't think that's the same kind of, um, you know, three fight losing streak that, for instance, like Joseph Benavidez is on or like, you know, like Overeem, even though he wasn't on a losing streak. Like, I mean, Junior, that was the time to go, right? I mean, four knockouts in a row. You got to go, son. You have to go. Tiago Santos. Decision lost, finished by Glover, but I mean, Glover submits almost everybody and then a decision lost. Like, I mean, it's not, he's not getting fired. I think no, no way. Absolutely not. They don't like three, they don't, three losses never looks good. But at the same time, I think he hasn't, it just does look like it's a physical thing. Like, it looks like it's kind of like he's just too worried about aggravating injuries that he's got. And I think if he had to actually really let it go, I think we would have saw, saw a little bit more out of Rakic as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. If Tiago started throwing those bombs, I think Rakic would have been happy to oblige and throw back. But at the same time, I think Rakic's game plan was just to stay composed, pick and choose your spots. You know, you got to watch out for this fucking caged bull, obviously, and just play the matador. Takes two to oh. tango. Takes two to dance. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And they anyway, danced they dance the slow waltz in this one. <laughs> it was a slow jam. And uh, it was a little underwhelming. But, hey, at this point in time, when we're watching the card, we're still, hey, we're, we're still on top of our... We're still yeah. at the edge of our seat. Uh, yeah, got a little bit of blue balls, but still. I yeah, mean, we're, uh, we're, I mean, we're not pleased, but we've got a couple of beers in our hand and we're feeling, you know, hey, we've still got four fights and they're all on paper bangers. The next one being Islam Markachev and Drew Dober. Um, yeah. This was probably the most, in my opinion, oh, apart from the Nunes fight, maybe the most predictable fight that you could imagine. Like you knew I, it, I looked at it almost the exact same as like Sean Brady and... Uh, 
Jake Matthews. I saw it in the going the same exact way. Both those fights. It's if somewhat- Jake Matthews was yeah. the mega Chad, yeah, coming out of Which a frat house. Yeah. So go on. We'll, we'll talk about the beautiful chin. Uh, Drew Dober has probably the best looking chin in the sport. It's he's the just, widest. He's just announced just a ridiculous stud. Like he's just out. Like it's crazy how attractive that man is. It's un, like it, it. You know, for anyone out there, go have a look at Drew Dober. Man, he has the birth, he has the most perfect chin you've ever seen. You could literally cut fucking diamonds on that chin. And, he's, um, and his legs, dude. You fucking see the guy's yeah. calves are ridiculous. Yeah. You don't see yeah. that we're on talking, a white man. We're talking about fucking Leon's legs. Check out Drew Dober's legs. The fucking glutes and legs on that kid is, yeah, outrageous. Unreal. Dump truck, dude. Um, he's got that wagon attached. Yeah, and at the same time, it did not help him lower his center of gravity at all for no. Islam. He came, you know in, he, came, to- he came in with a smile. He came in confident, and I respect that. But as soon as you step in, he Islam yeah. is arguably one of the everyone, best Dougie Stanley, Dougie Stanley, Dagestani wrestlers, yeah, in the country, I guess, in the like in their land, and he comes just, in and he shows Drew Dober what's up. I think Drew Dober is happy to fight anybody. That's why you see that big Chad grin on his face. You know what I mean? He looks like he's just about to play a really good game of beer pong every time he fights. Um, and I just don't think he realized what he was walking into because I no. think Drew Dober's takedown defense looked as good as it's ever looked. It just doesn't matter. When you're using the kind of inside trips that Islam's using and the kind of sweeps and the technic- like the technical wrestling, like just not even with technique aside, mm. the, the, the fucking brute strength that Islam has. Islam has the brute strength and he has the experience because he's been around that wheelhouse many times. It's like all the fighters have done this stuff. They do this every day, but it's just... Yeah. Yeah, Islam, just, man. He lives just, and breathes this stuff, man. Just, he just he sleep man. wrestles. Like it's just his it's his life. And even like old Uncle Dana was saying uh in the press conference after that he he said it best. He said that uh Islam had muscles on his back when they were watching the replay. Muscles on his back that just he had Yeah, never they don't seen exist. Before. Yeah, you don't exist in other humans. He's nope. And he's right. You you see it like in between his like uh in in between his lats and his arms yeah. and stuff, there's like another muscle in between those <laughs> yeah. two. Yeah, you grow that, you know what I mean? You grow that only out in the fucking mountains where they come from, you know what I'm saying? Like that's from to d- defend fucking bear attacks and Khabib trying to fucking maul you. You get that extra layer of fucking muscularity that doesn't exist on other humans. Yeah, And it has to be said, man, Islam is probably the biggest problem in this division. He butted Drew Dober across the fucking octagon for, what is it? Three rounds that wasn't even close. It was probably 10-8, 10-8, and looking to be a 10-8 until he got that submission. Mm. Um, I don't even... What did he even get on him? Was it like a, sh- like a shoulder crank or something? It was shit? two things. It was a... Tr- I, I didn't even know. It probably was like... like look, it, I'm pretty sure it was the triangle. I'm pretty sure it was a triangle. Like arm a triangle? Tradi- traditional triangle. Was it a... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was an arm triangle. Look, check that on out. We better actually, you know... Make sure we get the submission correct. But um, what it looked like, as you said, like Drew Dober is a very willing striker. He's actually a very good fighter at this point. I think he knocks out a lot of the best fighters in the world at that weight class. Like he can stand and bang yeah, with anybody. Arm triangle. Arm triangle. There you go. And then, but that's what I'm saying. You're in there with Islam Makashev. And from all I hear in the gym, not my gym, obviously, mm. what I hear about from people DC Josh Thompson, Khabib himself, um, you know, Deron Wynn, they say that he is 
as good, if not better, wrestler, straight wrestler than Khabib. He's stronger than Khabib. Um, he's not as fast, I'll give him that. But his striking is a lot cleaner, a lot more crisp than Khabib's. Khabib tends to be a little bit more wild than Islam. So Islam's a better kicker, probably got a little bit better footwork. Um, so Islam's a lot more of a complete package, especially mm. on the feet. But that does allow for, you know, what happened in that one loss that he has. He, if he stays on the feet, there's more chance of him getting knocked out. Whereas Khabib hardly ever entertains any striking at all. Whereas Islam will this, entertain the striking to mm. a certain point and just realize as well, I, you know, I can just take you down, hold you down, and not going to do anything about it. You know what I mean? Nothing. Uh, nothing. Nothing. Nothing happened. Drew, I mean, Drew survived well in that first round, actually, I'd say. Like, he, his defense looked uh, good. His guard looked good. He actually ended up, what, in like the last five seconds of the round, he actually um, ended up on top of Islam after Islam went for a crazy uh, submission attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, what did he actually try and do? Didn't he try and stand up with the um, Kimura as well? I think, I think Islam just reversed it pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, um, he tried, but... Yeah, no. Islam just had at him everywhere on the ground. Yeah. There, there was, it was, there was nothing he could do at all. Like, yeah, I, there's I think- nothing else to say. Like Islam had him the whole fight. There was, I don't think is did Islam even take a hit? I don't, I don't remember. So I don't remember him taking yeah. any damage. I don't remember him facing adversity of any kind. And as you said, like his wrestling's just next level. You're watching him use some of these trips that are just outrageous. You've Dude, his never- trips are. Just yeah, his inside trip. I've, like the last time I saw an inside trip that impressive, like so effective, so fast, snaps it up so quickly. It's probably like Cejudo. Yeah, that's you, out you of that. see Islam use it in on the mats and stuff in training and whatever. You see him like you know pulls off the Russian tie snap and all yeah. these uh, advanced techniques. But yeah, it's just his his knowledge on weight but placement it, and yeah. uh, like strength, you know, footwork, and everything is just as it should be. The setups to all these all these yeah. trips and everything. it's everything is just as it should be. So yeah. Yeah, soon you're, you're, as he's got a hold of you, it's over. Basically. You're, not, you're not wrong. Like he is a huge problem for the division. And, um, you know, we might see another Dagestani lightweight champion in the next couple of years. I think he is the successor to the Khabib's throne. I, tr- I really think that, it, you know, the same part, he has the same path that Khabib had. Khabib did not have an easy path to that title. I think the UFC wanted everything to, everything in their power to not have him as the champion until he became the champion and became such a superstar and such a sensation. I think the UFC kind of looked at him as like, he doesn't speak English. He hasn't really got an exciting style. He just kind of mauls people. And Islam has been doing the same thing. He's just a couple of years later. And now I think Khabib's popularity kind of actually stemmed not from beating. Who was his last fight? Like he fought, beat the shit out of Michael Johnson. And then he who, calls out. Who McGregor. was, who was, Khabib's last fight, Gagey. No, no, no. So I'll, timeline-wise, he was meant to fight Eddie Alvarez for the title or Rafael de Sanchez for the title. Somewhere along the line, he's meant to fight for the title. I think it was Eddie, right? Because he would have Eddie because he fought RDA. He fought, yeah, but I mean, RDA became the champion again uh, after Khabib had left, but Khabib oh. had beaten him earlier. Does that make sense? So Khabib was meant to have a title shot when he came back. And I think, I think he fought like Darren Crookshank or something. Then he fought Michael Johnson because Connor got the title shot against Eddie when it was meant to be Khabib's title shot. Then Khabib fought Edson Barboza and just ragdolled the fuck out of him. That was rough. So then obviously it was meant to be Tony for a while there. And then he ended up fighting Ally Quinta, crushed Al, crushed Connor, 
crushed Poirier, <laughs> crushed Gagey, yeah. looked the best he's ever looked against Gagey. Um, you know, but that's the thing. Khabib became a superstar with that Conor rivalry, I think, which kind of shot him off into, you know, into the atmosphere there for popularity. But before that, I just don't think the UFC really wanted him to be the champion. And I believe now Islam's kind of in that same boat. He's going to have to continually fight more and more contenders because I think the UFC are like... The UFC can't market him. Uh, him being Islam very well. And on top of that, the yeah, the grappling style is nowhere near as exciting. You just said it earlier that it's the most likely to get booed out of all the styles. I think the UFC, they're not going to say it out loud, but they would like a champion who can strike. Like yeah, other They want Conor McGregor as their champion. Yes, That's they what do. they want. Yes, they do. That's what they want. You know what I mean? They want a Michael Chandler as their champion. They want someone who talks well, handsome, can can promote themselves, uh, exciting fighter. Not saying Islam's not exciting. I, I, I'm excited to watch. I'm saying that a little yeah. bit. I think he's an exciting fighter because I like seeing fighters who can shut other guys down. Like they're not going in there to be like, all right, we'll, we'll just toss the coin today. Right. I'll go in. If I get knocked out, I get knocked out. If I knock out my opponent, I get, you know, that happens too. I like fighters who are like, well, my game is so much more advanced than yours. So I'm not going to fight you on the feet. I'm going to take you down and I'm going to take you for a fucking ride and you can't do anything about it. Mm. So I love that. I mean, Islam is as good an example as any. I think he does exactly what Khabib does. I think he has the same superstar potential Khabib does. He's just not there yet. And I think this many people in the top 10 are going to want to fight him. Mm. So we'll see. I would say RDA, I think you should repair that fight. Uh, Sorry, repair. uh, Rebook that fight. I'm not sure if it's going to happen. I think RDA wants nothing to do with that. I think RDA is sick that day. Yeah, I will say RDA is having an RDO. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Um, or I think he said he wants Tony as well. Let's be honest. That's probably Don't not going to go well Tony. for Tony. It's probably not going to go well for Tony. Uh, I like any of those fights. Give him someone in the top 10, please, or top five. But top 10. Maybe poor fucking Dan Hooker or Paul Felder is going to have to get that assignment. Someone's getting an ass whooping. Yeah, someone's getting it. And we'll um, tune in and watch it. I'm watching it. All right. Well, how about let's hit the top three. So we've got probably the most controversial and most to talk about in Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling. Uh, So, yeah. So in the fourth round, Aljamain Sterling gets hit with an illegal knee while on the ground. He did not have his hands on the canvas. Therefore, you can't knee someone to the side of the head. I'm pretty sure everybody knows that. Goethe apparently got bad advice from his corner in the moment. He denies that afterwards. Um what can you say, man? Aljamain won the championship and took the belt. He elected to choose the belt, which is the thing that uh, a lot of people have a problem with. Some people like to continue fighting. Aljamain claims that he was hurt and he could not continue and won the title. There was an instance like this with Anthony Smith and John Jones. Uh, Anthony Smith did not uh, take that way out. You would call it a way out and elected to keep fighting and he ended up losing title fight to john jones so it's like with dignity though with dignity with dignity nobody's nobody talked shit about him after the fight whereas aljo right now is getting lit up yeah big respect anthony smith but hey like you can't say like we didn't get need in the head we don't know what happened to aljo we didn't know how he was feeling in the moment and again like i mean let's just play devil's advocate even if he did was able to continue and he kind of knew it in his heart of hearts he is the champion now and his next fight he's going to get a a significant you know pain increase plus he always he has a ufc belt to keep forever so what's in your take books, on it in the books he will always be considered a ufc champion that will never be able to take a bit taken out of the history books now yes. you know what i mean what i think 
was the most prevalent in my opinion watching was that you know in my heart i wanted probably you know i love aljo i'd be so happy for him to win i think this whole situation would, would look different if Aljamain was winning the fight yeah, he and then he winning. And then he took that knee and then we'd be like, oh, well, Peter Yan took the shitty, like he took the loser's way out. He kneed him in the face illegally so that he would, you know, lose by disqualification and not lose, you know, a hard forward decision or he wouldn't get knocked out. Yeah. That's not the case. Peter Yan, in my opinion, won the first. He dropped Aljo. I mean, Aljo and him went to... That, that was the thing though. Four. Early on, it was it was pretty easy. It was competitive. Depends it was competitive. how you rate it. Like Aljo was putting it on him in the first, but he, you know, Aljo was the only one to be dropped and it was yep. huge. Yeah. So I, give, like, it P- you... I, I give it to PD on the first round. He did drop him. I think Aljo probably outlanded him, but when you get dropped, if you're scoring significant damage, getting dropped is about as significant as it gets yep. outside of being KO'd cold, right? So I gave it to PD on. I gave Aljo the second round. And then third and fourth, Aljo's gas was pretty much gone. Um, and he was making a lot of mistakes, got a really sloppy, hands were down, he's hitting a lot of shots, and Peter Yarn just started to come alive. Um, Aljo was giving up his back a lot. He kept falling yeah. to the sort of, you know, falling loosely to the ground to try and bait Peter to, to come and uh, engage him on the ground. And he you wasn't know, having it. Nothing. That, this is there. the thing. Like this fight could have gone into the fifth, and Piotr probably would have would have finished him in the fifth. That was that was my prediction at the time, but um, yeah, it ended yeah. the way it did, and like Alger, though a UFC champion, he's he's getting lit up by everybody. Yeah, and and, and then the other thing is like after the fight, so he elects to do the interview, which you know the UFC doesn't usually interview concuss fighters. He does the interview. Sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty <laughs> good. He's upset. Sounds pretty good, and then afterwards, he. You know, he's posting pictures of the belt with his family, which I see both sides. Like the family's come to to watch your fight and you're gonna to want to celebrate and they're gonna take photos of you. But then it's the the video of him squaring out squaring off against Triple C that like really is like, you know, yeah. he makes that tweet like I might fight, you know, let's make this fight next. But it's like yeah, I'm no, glad you brought that up. Don't do that. You don't do that. You just you didn't really win. You did, but you didn't. You won by disqualification. And now you're making like this little, you know, you're trying to source a fight out that you, you can't have yet, you know? Uh, I'm so glad that you brought that up. That is where you're starting to lose the fans here because yeah. look, PDR might go across as that kind of like the Ivan Drago, like he's the villain here. He, he illegally uh, fouled Aljo. That's how he lost his title. Hmm. Um, I know that's how the rules work. I even made a comment on our post. I posted a meme. You guys can go check it out on our Instagram page at Couple With. Um, how I looked at it, like Aljo could have kept fighting. He didn't. He elected not to because he knew he was going to lose. And I think Mark Smith even said, basically, like even though they were fucking whispering to him and the doctor, he basically said that like if he, you know, if he chooses not to fight, it'll be, uh, it'll be a disqualification and you will win the belt. So I think basically he must have just been you know, he, he would have been buzzed. He would have felt that, obviously. He, he wasn't went to winning the fight, dude. He he took, he, knew it, he he wasn't took, he took yeah. the money. You know, he knew he he, t- we all know he took the money. Yeah, well, it, Yes, I mean, yes. It's, I mean, it's, it's like that. I don't have a problem with that. Like, Piotr did, some, did something it, illegal. Yeah. He did something illegal. 
listen to how you're delivering this. You can just tell it takes the, 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 the joy and the happiness and the soul out of you. It was this when we were watching it too. It's not fun to say because it's, yes, Peter did not do the right thing. It was his mistake. Was it an intentional foul? I think he intentionally threw the shot, but I think he, in his mind, I don't think he realized that, you know, it was a foul. Like the Peter doesn't said, strike me as someone who's dirty. He doesn't strike no. me as a dirty fighter. No, he, he look like a dirty fighter. He, he's fight. a mean he fighter. He's like not. he he's a savage, but he's not. Yeah, I don't think he's a cheat. I don't think he he was looking for a way out there, especially when he was winning the fight. Absolutely. And also another thing to mention on their performances is Peter Yan's takedown defense, like the best. <laughs> like it must good. it must be pretty far up there. He is a nightmare to try and take down. Al Joe was a- claiming he was going to drown him at the weigh-ins as well, and then I don't know. Yeah, Kyoto looked like he had a. Hit a fucking life raft around his waist, dude. He wasn't going. Yeah, yeah. he had those. I think he absorbed that takedown defense from defeating Jose Aldo in his last fight, where he just took <laughs> yeah. those springs in his hips that his ass would never even hit the ground. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, he looked sensational. I thought, yeah, obviously the first round, he 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 has that first round off to download the information. He absorbed a shit storm from Aljo, who just threw everything, including the kitchen sink, at him. But after that. Rounds two, yes, he still lost, but he started to get more rhythm. And then three, I would say, I still thought Peter won, even though he took a lot of damage. I think he won round one, as I said. Mm. Round two, he took more damage and was throwing back more calculated, but just I think Aljo still took that round. So one, one, and then three, I think Aljo clearly gassed, was making a lot of sloppy mistakes, throwing a lot of spinning shit, failing on the on the single leg attempts, yeah. kept falling to his back. At one stage, he even gave his back to Peter Yan. He, it looked like he went in for that like judo trip where he jumps in and spins around backwards in the air. I think they mm. call it like the um, Antona Gatti or some shit, some, some Antona Gatti, something that they say, uh, and failed miserably, which basically gave you know Peter his back. Mm. Um, you know, I don't think he was necessarily scared, but it still it kind of looks like pretty sloppy uh, tactic you're going mm. with there. And yeah, by the time he got that knee in the fourth round, I mean, uh, it was looking like Peter was, as you, as if you, you said, if you looked like he was going to finish If you didn't fight. see the knee and you had to leave during the fourth round to go to, I don't know, you had to go to the shops or whatever, you had to fucking go to work or whatever, you would think that Piotr was going to win that yeah, fight. Yeah, you'd, if think, left, well, you'd think it would be so close. He's about to finish him or, you know, you, yeah. you'd think that fight would be pretty much over. And yeah, I, I believe so. I thought Peter was winning. I think he's he's the... That's what bothers me the most. As I said, I just, I don't like seeing him lose his title to someone who he didn't lose to. That's what bothers me. I know the rules say that that's how it's supposed to go. I would say that I, to me, what would have been fair should have been a no contest. Yes, he illegally struck Aljo, but I just don't think it's fair that Aljo can take, you know, take the Oscar for best performance, knowing damn well that if he takes this, the easy way out here and instead of continuing to fight but that's he, the thing we don't know we don't know what aljo was feeling we didn't get needed the, no the, the shot was big the shot Look, was big it was we big saw, but was i think big. he could have continued man i mean the shot that anthony smith took was big and yeah. i think as you said aljo spoke you know he did not act like someone who had just been concussed how many times have we seen how many knockouts have you watched a thousand man. i must have watched two thousand ko's by now after in in this sport people do not get up and are and, and are not coherent if they are concussed and their head's fucked. I mean, look. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Imagine trying to interview Ben Askren after the knee that he took from Masvidal. You know what I mean? Do you think he's going to be like, oh, fuck, I wish I didn't take this, you know, this disqualification victory. And like, no, 
That's not what happens. He's concussed. He wouldn't, you know what I mean? You wouldn't know what day it was. Yeah. I don't like that. I think he was fully cognitive after a couple of minutes. He could have taken a little bit more time to recover and then get back in there and finish what you started, which was basically a losing effort. Fair play, but we just don't know. We, we get a rematch. You better yes, not be there'd, there'd be there'd be no such talks as Henry Cejudo. I don't want to hear any of that shit. We get an immediate rematch as soon as Aljo's medical suspension, which I assume he got, is over. Mm. Um, and you run it back. Does so that mean it, if Piotr wins, there'll be a trilogy? Or even if Aljo wins, there'll be a trilogy? I think if Aljo wins, then there won't be a trilogy. Like, I think they'll count it as two wins. And then Peter would have to go to the back of the line. I just don't see that happening. I think Peter's going to win the rematch. Then yeah. they might do a trilogy. Depending how it ends, maybe Corey Sanhagen inserts himself into that into that conversation. Yeah, it's going to be hard for Sanhagen. This was like worst case scenario for Sanhagen, to be yeah. honest. All band and way. Um. Anyway, Coman. That yeah, Coman. Pretty much what we thought was going to happen. We have got Amanda Nunes and Megan Anderson going at it. Um, Nunes, the goat, maybe in male and female MMA. Ah, uh, you still got Khabib. You still got Jones. But still, female MMA, we got the goat in Amanda Nunes. And, uh, you know, Megan Anderson coming in a lot bigger. Is she the biggest person that Nunes has fought? Like, how tall is Duranemi? She's bigger. She's much bigger. Megan's bigger than Duranemi? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. In- well, yeah, and it shows. She looks like she's like a foot bigger. She looks like she's another weight class. Um, she is. <laughs> she, she's as big of a featherweight as you're going to get. And yeah. Amanda kind of, you know, just fluffs up for featherweight. So it doesn't matter. Megan, we love Megan. I'd love to interview her one day. I'd love to talk to her yes, about her MMA and her career. Um, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, you know I mean, you at, at any given stage, whoever has to fight the goat, you, you know, you fight the goat. That's what happens. Look how many people have fought John Jones. You're all going to be a name on his resume. You never knew it at the time, and everyone no, goes. Everyone and thinks they're going to do it. Yeah, everyone thinks they, they have it. the special sauce until, as you said, she took one punch. Yeah. Um. Amanda can fluff up or she can shrink down, but there's something inside of her hands that just doesn't yeah. go away. She's got special power yeah. for a woman. And I mean, not this in any derogative way for a woman. She hits as hard as a human being who is a female has ever hit in, ever, ever. She hits, she's probably the hardest puncher on a female puncher ever. To yeah, be honest. So. Nobody's, nobody has Clar- that. Her and Clarissa Shields would be the two female, like, the two hardest punching females there was in, talks the about hi- fight happening. in the history of humanity. I can't imagine there would be another woman who could hit, um, hit someone that hard. Amanda hit Megan once and you could see she like panicked. She was like, Oh Jesus Christ. That came quick. That overhand hit me fast. And I think she shot a really sloppy double leg and just got completely reversed and submitted. Yeah. Uh, she got fucking the, the submission. She got, she got- Ar- armbar. Try. And an, and a triangle at the same Arm time. triangle at the that's same what, time. Come that's how on, you know you son. had no business in there with her. What? Like two, she got him with two submissions at once. Yeah. That's how good she is. Amanda could take you all your limbs at, at once. I think <laughs> if you were anything less than Megan Anderson, she'd take every limb at one time. Yeah. She, she t- saw Megan's legs. It was like, yeah, that, that looks yeah. like a good It's start. a lot of real estate there. I could oh, fucking yeah. go to those legs. Tell me twice. Um, you know, I think the featherweight division collapses after this. I mean, if I were to say to you, this is what it's like having a featherweight division with no rankings, by the way. There's like three or four fighters there at the most. Mm. I think having a featherweight division there so that Amanda can be a double champion de- defending at two weight classes is kind of like Stipe Miocic 
having a 220 belt, a 230 belt, a 240 belt, and a 250 belt, saying that, oh, well, if he wants to fight at super heavyweight or medium heavyweight or whatever, he can just go between all those medium weight classes. Do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. heavyweight's 220 to 265 is kind of the equivalent of having a man to fight at 135 or 145. It's the same thing. It's just like the weight class shouldn't really be there. They should collapse that division. She's beaten every featherweight ever. There's no featherweights for her to beat now. There's no one there at bantamweight, really, outside of Juliana Pena, who keeps calling for that fight. She says this stylistic nightmare. Don't think that's the case, though, right? We're just rehashing that. Yeah, yeah, we're saying it in long words. Amanda's the best. She's cleaned out everything. The only fight that's there. We, we tune in to watch her beat people, to yeah, beat no. ladies every time. What we're tu- tuning in to see is a, a like a fucking execution, is what it is. Yeah. You just you're showing up each week to the gallows and watching some fuck poor fuck get hung or have their head cut off. That's what it is with Amanda. There's only one fighter who can challenge her, who in that twelve fight win streak that she's on yes. has given her yeah, any problems. It's Valentina Shevchenko. She's well, the only right, one. Here's the, here's the thing. All right. Nobody wants the uh, the third fight between Chev and Nunez more than me, but I also think GDR could do it as well. GDR showed promise in her last fight. She did, but she's lost two very convincing fights to Amanda, despite Not the fact this- she does look like the best, like so, like the person who's given Amanda the most trouble on the feet, right? Yeah, no. Even she on is- the ground, though. Like I've said it before. On the ground... Amanda on top. Amanda was landing nothing. Amanda didn't do damage that fight. But GDR from the back, throwing those up kicks. Yeah, no, that was... The only way, oh, the only way you could do that trilogy is if GDR fought her at featherweight. Because she has two losses at bantamweight. She's not challenged for the featherweight title. Mm. So you would probably have to do that at featherweight. I think Amanda wouldn't care. She doesn't care not to have to cut weight. So that's how you do that. I just don't think GDR... I think GDR needs to clear out everyone else. She kind of needs to do a Holly home route like... You, I mean, even if you call it that, she needs to kind of just beat everybody else there uh, before she gets that rematch. I would say, as you said, you you have Shevchenko. If she beats Jessica Andrade, and I'm picking her to win that for obvious reasons, she's the most complete mixed martial uh, female mixed martial artist. Is she the goat? And is she as good as Amanda Nunes? She might be better skill for skill than Amanda, but she doesn't have the physicality that Amanda does. She hasn't got Shev that. Is like, smaller. Chef she's has small, more skills, yeah. but she's smaller. Smaller, but she and she's has, not as powerful. But yes, we know that she is probably she's as skilled of a much, but she's as skilled of a martial artist I've ever seen. Ever. Her her skills across the board are outstanding. Um, and she's the only person who's taken Amanda to two decision lot. I mean, she lost both, but it's debatable. Arguably she one beat, of them. Arguably beat her the first fight, not as close. Um, but yeah, definitely in their last fight, I think if I think that's fair. I think Amanda's carried the two title crown for long enough that I think it's only fair that Shevchenko beats another former champion in Jessica Andrade. She should be allowed to challenge for a second title and become a two-weight champion as well against Amanda. I'm with you. I'd like to see it. That's all I want to see. I think Amanda, if she wants to get paid, she can fight Juliana Pena and get paid. She can do whatever she wants. She can fight whoever she wants, whatever. But there's no clear number one contender in either of her weight classes. But I do believe the champion of the weight class below 135 is the only challenge that's there. That's feasible for the GOAT, as you said. I'm with you. Well, kudos to Amanda. We want to see the show fight, but for now, you are the best. Congratulations to her too. She's a mother now. I I really think that 
you know, we've always talked about dad Cerrone and stuff. She's a mum now. And I mean, that was just one of her, I wouldn't say it's one of her best performances. It was as mm. good of performances she's ever put out there. She just went out there and smoked her. So, yeah. you know, she's got that big mum energy now. And congratulations, Amanda and Nina. Oh, yeah. And now the main event, the one we we would have been waiting for with this fight was, this was tickling us for a while. Yeah. We got Jan some, and we got Israel. Big consequences. Yeah. This was, this and this, yeah, dude, it, it breaks our hearts because uh, Jan, we love Jan. He's a great champion. Great example of a champion. Mm-hmm. He won by decision. Um, unanimous decision, I think it was as well. Uh, I was actually, I think it was a split. Was it a split? I Let think me, so. You look. can check that. Uh, anyway, so yeah, he fought Izzy. Um, we, so Israel narr- moved up. The, the narrative is, yeah, Israel moves up to light heavyweight. He's we kind of everyone else unanimous decision. We're trying to chase. Uh, he's trying to chase John Jones. We all know he's trying to chase John Jones, and because of this loss, it seems very um, or more unlikely that we're going to see that fight. Which is a it's a kick in the nuts because yeah, that's I think more people would just fight said, ever right now. The consequences of this fight were basically that's what's on the line. We want to see Adesanya versus Jones, but now that we've seen Adesanya versus fighter. B, we'll say, for example, Blahovic uh, at light heavyweight, some of those questions have been answered now. You know, what happens if Izzy gets taken down by a bigger fighter? Now we know. And I'm not saying John Jones takes him down the same way, but truly, if that had been John Jones on top of him in those rounds, fight's over. John Jones would have crushed him, right? Yeah. And that's in, you know, that's looking, in, not in hindsight, that's just straight up. Like Israel is a middleweight, he could probably beat 95% of light heavyweights. It's just the best heavyweight on the planet right now is Jan Blahovic. And Jan actually beat Israel at his own game, which is a slow, methodical, mid-range kickboxing match with a lot of feints, a lot of setups, a lot of kicks. They kind of did the same thing to each other. It's just Jan's game plan um, was actually thwarting Izzy in, in a sense because Izzy's feints weren't like were drawing out uh, yeah. A lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, defense. But the thing is, Jan's defense looked almost flawless. Yeah, well, like, yeah. you thinking, why is that? Why exactly did uh, Izzy God, just... So was I'm, I, scratch, I, I'm scratching my fucking nose this whole podcast. I excuse anyone who's nose. watching. Jesus Christ, man. My nose is itchy. I don't <laughs> know what's going on. <laughs> it's, it's I, I didn't even notice, dude. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Jesus Christ. I, all I've been doing is this the whole time. So, excuse me. I'm obviously a fidgeter on all our podcasts, but this time I thought I, for sure I'd be fine. But so fucking far, every three words I say, my nose is just as a little fucking bee in its bonnet or some shit. You got a bee in the bonnet, though. You got a few bats Something, in the cave. Either that or there's a big fucking, yeah, cornflake booger just floating up there, ready to be mined out after this. You know what I'm saying? Not going to do it on air, but. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to attack it after this. You know this. Yeah, dude, get yourself an antihistamine or some bullshit after this. True that. Anyway, go on. Anyway, so why did <laughs> why did uh Jan win? I'm thinking so Jan has a bit of a Muay Thai background, right? And I'm thinking they like to keep their their lead leg up and kind of keep threatening with the yeah. with like the push kick and like the front kicks or whatever. Yeah, no think, weight on it. Yeah, I'm thinking that's that was the key to his victory because Adesanya likes to you know, chop your lead leg to force you to engage or else he's just going to stay there chopping that leg down and popping you from range. So he sort of forces you to to come close to him and come get it. But uh, that wasn't happening with Jan. Jan, um, 
Jan was able to stay as far away as he liked and he, he didn't have that sense of urgency because his leg wasn't getting destroyed. Yeah. Well, uh, Jan was, as you said, as measured and as patient as he's ever looked. Mm. He was biting on the fence of Izzy, but then Izzy could not capitalize after, you know, Jan bit on those fence. Every time Izzy would actually try his line of, his normal, you know, line of attacks that kind of, you know, gives everyone else problems and fits. Even, um, hey, even Izzy's head kicks, they weren't money this far. Yeah, Jan, but Jan he, defended them said, well. Izzy was faster, but I mean, Jan was just, um, um, just a more. I won't even say he's more technical. He he just had a better game plan. Mm. He had he was throwing a jab, which was catching Izzy. He knew that after maybe in the third round, you could see Izzy's hands were a lot lower. He was catching Izzy on the end of his punches there, not doing anything crazy significant, but he was mm. countering over the top. He had a jab that Izzy just kind of had no answer for. Um, he was jabbing to the body and he was punching to the body as well because obviously there's a lot of real estate going on here. Mm. Um, and he was kicking Izzy's legs as he was changing stances. So as you see, like there's different lines of attack for when, when fighters switch stances and the best time to kick them is when they're changing their stance because there's no weight planted on the leg that yeah. they're switching. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would say as well, like the two, like it was still a closely contested fight. I think Jan's defense looked better than Israel's. Israel's just relying a lot more on just moving and getting out of the he way. He does that though. He just kind of plants his feet and he bends. Yeah, but it wasn't lot. not having. He, he didn't really, as he said, there was no real answer for Jan's jab. Um, and as he said, if you, you're fighting Israel's fight, you're fighting a technical mid to close range kickboxing match that's not very high paced. And that's what, Israel was almost invincible in that in that sense, and mm-hmm. Jan has just shown that he is just le- he, he is so much better than we anyone gives him credit for. Man, like he's been an than, underdog in like yeah like every single fight every he ever fight. fights. He's always the underdog. Yeah, I, I, you gotta. I know Kamara Usman put out the tweet that put a, put some fucking respect on my name. Yes, put some respect on Jan Blahovich's name at this point, baby boy. You beat Israel at what he's best at. Yeah. I know it's your division, but at the same time, as you said, there was two. Uh, once he took Izzy down, he shot a reactive uh, double. Y- you know, I think he realized, oh, so it's like that. Like Israel, Israel's not that slippery on the ground, and I'm probably thirty pounds heavier than he is, and yeah. I'm also a black belt in my own right. And he just kind of, yeah, Israel didn't have a chance to do anything on the ground. So Jan won the fight. Looked- they were. I thought they were two and two leading into the fifth, and then Jan's uh, takedown. Getting more than half a round of, of ground yeah. time, but even then, it. even with the exchanges on the thing, I really do feel like in in all totality of striking, Jan actually was doing the better work yeah. on the feet. He's landing the more significant strikes. Israel, as I said, it wasn't a complete wash. He made an excellent account for himself. He fought another very technical and very uh, savvy veteran, mm. someone who there's a lot of dire consequences for getting hit by. So he was able to negate a lot of Jan's power. He who was fainting. His feints were working. It's just the defense. Like once he had bit on the faint, trying to capitalize with those openings, there just wasn't enough. Um, yeah. I, I take nothing away from Israel, man. You took a chance. You fought the best light heavyweight in the world. Maybe potentially underestimated him slightly. Just thinking that I could beat him if we're going to have this fight. And he did not. Yeah maybe underestimated as i said the wrestling like if you've been the only other person who got him down really was calvin and like calvin's a blown up welterweight versus and we've seen Dart. calvin's wrestling utilize against ian heinish he's calvin's yeah. last fight against yeah. heinish but his wrestling was in full display there and it was yes. it was glorious it's good but it's a blown up welterweight 
wrestling you. It is not a heavyweight cutting down to 205 wrestling you. It's yeah. different. It's, it's just levels to that kind of thing. There's physicality limits. And Jan is a fucking brick shit house, man. He is as dense of a human being you'll ever see. He's got no neck. He hits as fucking hard as you've ever seen a light heavyweight hit outside of like Rumble and, you know, some of those devastating. I mean, he could crack, man. He's got scary power. He's got like Polish power, legendary Polish power. And it's not coming that fast either. Like it's, it's, you can avoid it. Israel avoided a lot of it. Um, as I said, like it's, it's a huge congratulations to Jan. Couldn't lose to a better guy, honestly. I feel like, you know, humble in victory and defeat. Jan's as good of a guy and is best, one of the best representations of a champion that the UFC can have right now. Yeah. He's obviously not the bad boy that John Jones is. That's, you know, why John Jones sells a lot of pay-per-views and he's a big deal. He's a big name. But at the same time, you have a defending champion. He defended this title. What a defense, an, too. Your an, first yeah, defense. What a great what a defense. What a great defense, as you said, against an undefeated fighter. Israel will always look at that as the one guy so so far, the one, the first person to beat him in an MMA fight. Um, and at the same time, it was not a terrifying, brutal loss. That's a career ender. Like he, he made a great account for himself. He can go back down to middleweight as still the best middleweight on the planet. Jan Blahovic is clearly the best light heavyweight on the planet. If John Jones is not fighting at that division anymore. Um, and bring on the Glover to share a, fight once Jan has done celebrating in Poland probably you know he's got a child now obviously congratulations to him he's got that big dad energy now he's got something to fight for he's got his magic rope that he has the hangman's rope that has yeah, you, dude, do we want one of those or what yeah I want a snippet of it I could do some of that um juju in my life to be honest some, yeah not wrong yeah so anyway Jan will go down he'll fight he'll go down he won't go anywhere but he's gonna go he'll challenge uh he'll defend against uh glover and then yeah and that's and that's the right thing to do right that's what the mma gods have kind of correct course corrected here they're like well if israel is the middleweight champion and he's a light heavyweight champion he's obviously not going to fight glover he's going to be looking for that john jones fight yeah i'm pissed you know whatever he says the all the big you know facade that he puts on the ah, i'm pissing i'm pissing on this cage this is my territory this is my division i'm the best in the world we knew that that was all going to come. He was going to try and coax John Jones to come back and he was unsuccessful in his attempt. So all is right in the world now because we miss out on a big fight. We might not ever see that now. And I yeah. think everyone kind of knows, especially if it comes to grappling, that Israel is going to get absolutely cooked on the ground. Yeah, you could say maybe his puzzle has been figured out a little bit. Like good, you still got it implemented on him. He's, it's not like- Yeah, good luck. Just, I mean, yeah, not, every, not, not a, everyone at middleweight is Jan Blahovic. Yeah, you know 100%. I mean? It's not easy, but he's still- He's he, still the best little, middleweight. Little chink in the armor has been noticed. Yeah, that's true. And he, he will obviously take that as a learning curve and he might tighten his, you know, his, his takedown defense to levels we've not seen before. Yeah. So, Huge and the boys will figure that shit out. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And then, as you said, like, so he'll go back. He doesn't really have a choice now for middleweight. You know what I mean? He was obviously avoiding the rematch with Whitaker and sort of saying, I've beaten Whitaker, I've beaten Costa, I've beaten everybody. Like, I just, there's no one there to fight. Well, Whitaker and Costa are fighting, and I don't think he's going to have any choice but to fight the winner of that. The only way I see that being voided is if Costa wins. Um, you know, Izzy will just be like, well, I just beat Costa. So I'm not fighting him again. Doesn't matter. So they might do, might the even do it of- just for a laugh, dude. Well, I think they will do the winner of Till versus Vittori. We'll fight 
I mean, and the things have to come together because Whitaker has beaten Till. So if it was like if Till beat Vittori and Whitaker beats uh, Costa, they're not going to do Till versus Whitaker again. They're going to do yeah. Whitaker versus Adesanya. But if on the other end, if Costa beats Whitaker and, and Till still wins, and no, and no, so if, yes, if Till still wins, then they'll probably do Costa versus Till. Winner fights Izzy, or they will do. Costa beats Whitaker and Vittori beats Till, and then they will do Vittori versus Costa. Winner fights Izzy. Yeah, but that's I what makes sense. That you know, so he's got his work cut out for him. I think obviously he wants to fight Till, but Till just needs to get wins. I don't think beating Vittori is good enough to warrant a title shot, especially over Whitaker, especially if Whitaker a beat Till. I mean, Vittori B, and uh, Adesanya, yeah, they already fought. Already and, fought too. So exactly, you never know. That's true. So. Uh, how I envision it, I think if I were to pick, not even if I pick, if I were to use, you know, my fucking future site ability. Stephen A. Griff, dude. Stephen A. Griff, my future site. It's going to be Whitaker fights Costa. I think he fucking terrorizes Costa. <laughs> I think he's a terrible matchup for Costa. I think he's going to obliterate him. And then he's going to get a rematch with Izzy and it might be a closer fight this time. I like it. That's what I think. I, don't, I feel like Vittori and Till are still a few fights away. I don't even know if Till beats Vittori at this point. I think Vittori is a pretty tough fight. He's a bit bigger, stronger, very meat and potatoes. And I think Till's going to have to be, you know, Till's going to have to fight a, a very good fight. Yeah. So, no doubt. Well, and then, as you said, Jan's got Glover. And then outside of Glover, he'll have the winner of Prohaska versus Reyes. And I think Rakic is there. So I think those two will be paired up. The winner of Prohaska and Reyes versus Rakic is Glover. Maybe John Jones wins the heavyweight title and decides to go back down to light heavyweight to challenge uh, Blahovich if Blahovich gets a good enough record. Oh, I think that's what's going to. I think that's what's going to happen. I really think that John Jones will eventually go back to light heavyweight just to stick it to Izzy, just to stick it to Izzy to beat yep. just just to go down and beat Yan to prove a point. But also, I think he wants Yan to rack up enough wins for it for it to actually motivate him for him to be really like, well, Yan has really cleared out this whole generation of fighters. Now I must go back down and prove that I am still the man. You know what I mean? That's I'm with what you. I, and man, that just don't wait too long if you're Jones. Like you don't want to. I don't want to miss out on the the Jones Adesanya fight, and then also the Jones Blahovich fight when it. Hey, you know, doesn't I mean I, Jones I going up that. the heavyweight? Yeah, Jones going up the heavyweight. I still think is a bigger option than, than all of those things. I think Jones yeah, fighting but... Stipe or Francis is bigger than Izzy, and it's bigger than. Jan Blahovic. I really believe that. I think when he fights either of those guys at heavyweight, it's going to be massive. Yeah, we got to see how that goes first because that that whole those three fights up there that's bigger than life itself. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we're going to find out. I mean, Francis versus Stipe is at the end of the month. Yeah. I think is it April or the end of March? Twenty seventh of uh, April, I thought, or twenty is it twenty seventh of March? Let's have a quick look. I heard it was actually. I thought it might have been this month. 27th of March, 28th of March. Yeah. 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 Francis Stipe 2. And what a fight that will be. Wait, let me have a look. Where is that? I can't even see. UFC 260. Ah, okay. Hell yeah. And then Volkanovski and Ortega. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's still this month as well, which is crazy. Um, Well, as you said, like, I guess that's the I guess that's the end of breaking that whole card down. There was a lot of things that came out of it. Another funny thing that we missed as well: Rakic got his brown belt for jujitsu. Yes, dude. when that fight didn't even touch the floor, so that it was did. interesting. I don't know how that happens, but I guess. 
Um, he looked more happy to win that than he did to beat Tiago Santos, which is fair. I mean, that is fair. I, could you imagine getting like, no, when you, when I get that it. far I, in your jujitsu you know, career just, and you get something, you get your brown belt. That'd be a huge deal. Uh, it just, yeah, it's just interesting. Because Fights come was, and go, but there's only one time you get your brown belt. That's true. I just, it would have been probably made more sense if he submitted Tiago yeah, Santos. Yeah, that would have. Yeah, I'm, I, no arguments from me. Anyway, man, I mean, good. That was that was about as good a breakdown we could do for this whole card, as you said. Like, we'll try and maybe do a predictions for next week's card a little bit later in the week, maybe. What? Hey, we'll do our best. We've got a lot of stuff going on, yeah, a couple but, with HQ. So, yeah. but yeah, no, we'll uh, we will do our best. We've got the upcoming B plus card that we'll probably make a video on, and that yeah, and that's elaborate what I more think. on that. And yeah, uh, yeah we got a lot in the works, but yeah, yeah. No, it was fun breaking this down with you, brother. Yeah. yeah, you too, man. Always a fucking pleasure chatting. Make sure you like and subscribe. Follow us at all platforms: Instagram, Facebook. We're all just at Copper Whiff. Um, you know what I mean. Check out our last video. We had a um, interview with the boys from XFC Gym uh, in Fountain Gate. We had Aaron and Khan join us, which was a fucking awesome. Shout out to them. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Go check out our interview. Check out our page. Check out our Insta. Like and subscribe, and we'll uh, see you next time. No doubt. All right. Peace out, bro.